0: Welcome to the 5th Inning Podcast, where we talk about hot topics in youth baseball. I'm your host, Hunter Vansal, alongside my co-host, Chris Scarcella.
1: Yeah, you didn't say the Chris Garcello.
0: Yeah, not the Chris Garcell. sorry, today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today we're going to be talking about a champion's mentality. Um, and today we actually have one of my one of my best friends from high school, Josh Poole. Um, Josh is a world-class skeet shooter. Um, I'm just going to rip some of these accolades for you, man. He's a three-time world champion, six-time Zone 6 champion, three-time Texas State champion, 13-time All-American, 14-time All-State team, three perfect 4 by two perfect 5 two-time 5s two-time 410 world high average leader. Um, he is a professional skeet shooter, you guys. Um, and I, I know I'm sure a lot of you guys are listening to this thinking, man, how do we relate this to baseball? And if that's what you're thinking right now, you should keep listening. Josh, tell us about yourself, man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this, uh, honestly, since the first time I heard y'all's podcast come out. And I was like, man, this sounds cool. Uh, And I listened to the first podcast and my brain got in gear and um, uh, a lot of it kind of fell into place. I called you, Hunter, and we talked on the phone and you're just like, dude, the gears are spinning for me too. (laughs) And just was, you know, let's figure out what we can get done. Um, A little bit about me, like Hunter said, he and I grew up in a real small town together. Uh, And when you live out in the country, (laughs) there's not much better to do except shoot guns and I guess play baseball. Yeah, uh, there's
0: two things that you can do.
2: (laughs) Shoot guns and play baseball. And uh, at a young age, I had a gun in my hand and loved to hunt anything that was in the air specifically. And one day my dad and I went out to the Waco Gun Club and I saw some other kids out shooting. And I saw them and I thought, if they can do it, so can I. And I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, like the first shot went off. I broke that first clay. It was just the light bulb went off and I was like, this is it. I'm in. And from there, uh, I spent, that was 2006 and it's obviously 2023. And so since then, that means I've been competitively, um, shooting clay targets for 18 years of my life. So I've, I've done this for a little while. I really love doing it. Like, Y'all, um, you have a passion for baseball and a passion for, uh, inspiring the next generation. And so do I, except my platform is with the shotgun in my hand. So, yeah. um, it's pretty cool though. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I, I really love it. Um, it definitely is what gets me out of bed in the morning for sure. That's
0: awesome, man. Well, um, you know, I guess let's just go ahead and jump right into some of the topics that we've got prepared for you, man. Um, so our yeah. first inning question that we've got is what is mental management and how does this play a role in youth athletics?
2: So mental management is a way to uh, create a process of maximizing the probability of having a consistent mental performance under pressure and on demand. And so with that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about who I was and how I was as I grew as, okay. a, as a kid. You know, I'm, I'm almost 30 now. And so I'm not, you know, a youth... Um, you ain't a kid no more (laughs) yeah but at one time I was and so uh, I have data on a spreadsheet that I've tracked all the way back to 2008 of competitive targets that I've shot and in that data I can look at the percentage of my success rate now to give you a little bit of perspective skeet shooting is a perfectionist sport Um, and I'll relate it a little bit to golf first and then to baseball so in golf You know, if you shoot a couple under par, fantastic. If you make a a bad shot, you can make it up with a birdie or a a better shot, right? But in skeet shooting, imagine if you were playing golf that you had to shoot 58 every single time, right? (laughs) Or imagine playing baseball that every single time you pitched the ball or you stepped into the batter's cage, you had to have a 99% success rate without fail every single time. Yeah, that didn't happen. That's like, (laughs) that's unfathomable, right? So for me... Um, what I do is I'm chasing 400 out of 400 and 500 out of 500. And I've accomplished that a few times. Um, But as I was a kid and learned how to do it, um, physically, I had to learn the game first. And so from 2008, 2009, 2010, the first three years that I shot, uh, I gained my success rate gain. My my averages grew, grew because I physically just, Pounded shells, right? I just absolutely sat on the field and just went through tens of thousands of shells. I can remember there were years that uh we would drive to a gun club and buy a pallet of targets, which is um, sixty-five cases of targets, and each one has one hundred and thirty-five targets in it. So I was shooting fifty or sixty thousand targets in a year, trying because I because I was addicted to it. I didn't I didn't want to do anything else.
0: Yeah. And you were and, passionate about it too. Like it's, I mean, and it's... I was,
2: I was passionate. There, there came a point where my dad couldn't pry the gun out of my hands. He, <laughs> he would, he would physically. Josh, you have to stop. We have to go inside. You're, you're so tired. You're it. You have to put the gun down. We have to go home. And I didn't want to. I wanted it. Yeah. Um. But with that, the mental side of it. Uh. I gained uh, when I started in 2008. My average was in 93 percent. Um, success rate right and and the next year it jumped to 94 and the next year after that it jumped to 95 right and then i got to a point the next year after that it stayed at 95 percent, and i was like man this is great but i would shoot a really good score and then i would shoot a really bad score it's it's like you walk in and you have that one game or that one inning or that one at bat that you're man nobody can touch you right you, you've you got somebody's number yeah in the very next inning, or the very next at bat, something comes up, and you just you couldn't you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn door if you tried. Like someone could tell you, throw it over to first, and you'd be like, <laughs> with which hand, right? So <laughs> happens like, a lot
0: to pitchers. <laughs>
2: yeah, and so I, I understand what that's like. And then I got to a point to where I found this, uh, and I'm not going to take credit for this. This was from Lanny Basham, so I'll plug him. Uh, he has a book called With Winning in Mind. And in his book, uh, he really dives into what it's like to have a a consistent mental performance on demand and under pressure. And so literally in three years, my average gained two targets. I got two, went from 93% to 95% in three years. Well, the year that I started doing mental training, Within eight months, I gained an additional two targets, so it was like it wasn't an overnight, but it was an extremely rapid growth an exponential growth from there and ever since then um it's only gotten higher right
0: yeah i mean so, i'm I'm looking at the data right now, and it's like um progressively for those of you all you know obviously listening to this but um you know from 2008 to about 2011, there was like small incremental changes, but then from that 2011 to 2012 gap, you took up like 2% in your success rate. And, and obviously in skeet, like yeah. to give you guys perspective, like it went from 381 to 389 out of 400. Yep. Um, and then progressively he's just gotten better and better um, since that, that yep. timeframe. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to me Um like so skeet right you're you're striving for perfection and i feel like obviously in baseball you're you're striving for perfection as well yeah, um, yeah. but statistically speaking the as you progress with age in baseball your average or what success as an average actually goes down versus right. like versus like in skeet where it's like in su- success as you get older you should get better and and, um but i it's interesting because the mentality is still the same you still have to have that same approach and i know we're going to get to this in a minute um well i guess which leads us to the second inning that we've got is just like the what is the importance of having that short-term memory where it's that that one pitch at a time one target at a time like tell us how walk us through like what you do
2: yeah so The the one pitch at a time, uh, every pitch matters mentality. It's the ability to break the game down into such a granular level that you're able to, um, and to kind of piggyback off of what Jared was talking about in the past podcast, be able to say, "Hey, I'm two two. If I'm pitching, I'm two two, and I got to throw a slider here, and I'm going to hit my spot." It's it's sometimes I equate it to it's just another day in the office, or it's you know it's my comfort zone to do that, and that's something that I'll tell myself a lot. Is that when I'm training, whether training mentally or training physically, if I hit that point where I'm at the threshold of my comfort zone, I'll tell myself, "Hey, this is nothing abnormal. This is nothing that you're not used to. You know, you're you're used to being uncomfortable. This is just another typical routine, you know, execution that you're trying to go through here." Um, I uh, there have been many times that I've gone to a tournament uh, that I came home, um, frustrated. And I know that many of the parents and and maybe kids listening to this, uh, have done that as well, but it's, it's not the times that you go to a baseball game that you get stomped by 10 runs that you're like, man, we almost had them. It's those times when it's the bottom of the night and they beat you by one run that you go home (laughs) kicking yourself thinking we had it. What happened? Right. Yeah. Um, 100%.
0: yeah,
2: it, it's the, the fundamental and the baselines, the easy parts of the game in quotation that are, are the most crucial parts. And so it's not the man, I can't believe I overthrew first, but sometimes it's the, if I would've just hit that spot on that guy that, with a three, two count, you know, he wouldn't have walked to first Yeah. and then he wouldn't have stole <laughs> second. And then the guy who had a sack double wouldn't have got home. Right. Yeah. Two yeah. totally different deals. So, the mental side of it is being able to um, almost take yourself out of the game for a second and say, Hey, this is just another routine slider. Hey, this is just another routine fastball. You know, it it doesn't bottom of the ninth, two outs, three, two pitch, and you got to make it happen is the same as first pitch of the game, you know? Yeah. And a a mentality that I have I I have uh, a system that I have like light switches in my head, okay? And, this is really great perspective for anybody in, in any situation. So when I get to a gun club, um, the first switch flips on. So when my tires hit gun club property, the first switch flips of, hey, I'm on grounds, I know what to listen for, I know what to look for, I know what to smell for, I know what I'm here for, right? I'm not on la, la Land. That's it. The yep. first switch flips, the game has started. Then after I go through my warm-up and my routine of, of being able to do anything, when I know that it's game time, the second switch flips, mm. okay? And that second one goes on, and it's like, okay, I'm on the field, right? I'm not thinking about cars honking. I'm not thinking about trains driving by, dogs barking, babies crying. Anything can be happening. I'm mentally, I'm present on the field. I'm thinking downrange. I'm I'm in the moment of this is what I'm focusing on, right? I'm not focusing on lunch. I don't care about, you know, any driving by in a cart I'm not none of it when, when that second switch flips I'm on the field Yeah. and the third the most crucial one is the second that my foot hits the station to be able to go shoot uh, that third switch flips on right there with that mm-hmm. I know that it's game time I have one goal and one task in mind so every that's how I break the game down into such a granular level of I have one thing to work on and it, can, it funnels down into this um, singular moment of, hey, I'm not thinking about four targets. I'm not thinking about 100 targets. I'm thinking about one target. And so to equate that to baseball, as soon as you get on grounds, you're not worried about, hey, what's going to happen this weekend? Or, hey, what's going to happen next week? Or yeah. what's going to happen with school? What's going to happen with homework? But I got to think about whatever. When you're on grounds, you're there. That's yeah. all you got. I think you're kind of- of worried about here.
0: I think of like um, like when you're hitting, right? Like you you're at bat doesn't start when you're in the batter's box. Yeah. Your at bat starts nope. your bat starts honestly when you're taking BP in the cage before the game and it continues it. and and it continues to go with hey, what is the warm up? Like what is the pitcher's warm up pitches like? Is he all yeah. over the zone? Is he is he locked in? Is he throwing strikes? Is he throwing hard? Is he throwing soft? Is he throwing off speed? It's like your observation of your environment that is the game that's the preparation for the game and you have to stay right. locked in to understand those cues and those keys whenever you step in the box so whenever it is go time just like whenever you step on the pad ready to shoot it's whenever we step in the box ready to hit it's go time because I have all that mental preparation that I put in before like when I got here yeah that right. I'm ready to go and I'm not surprised by anything
1: yeah and then you take, I mean, right. you, take you take a take the result of a game a youth baseball game a uh, professional baseball game doesn't matter you know say say you lose say you lose in the last inning you know they walk it off something like that everyone remembers the error that happened at shortstop or the the double that the pitcher gave up in that last inning but I always tend to go back to well you know we moved out of the way of a pitch in the second <laughs> inning, which yeah. would have got us and then we struck out. That guy would have got us on first. We it's had a chance to interesting. move. Interesting. It's those things that it's didn't have things. a result
0: that right. should have had a result. That's right. That, yeah. That's it. That play into, you know, a very close ball game. And yeah. it's like whenever we look at Absolutely. Whenever we were looking at um like at Mississippi State, we would look at, okay, how many free bases did we give up? Yeah. And how many free bases did the other team look up? And it's crazy when you look at just from a free bases mentality that's like walks hit by pitch errors like whatever that is. Oh man. Um it, you're going to lose ninety percent of the games that you give up more free bases than the other
1: team. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. just how it is. Or it's just, you know, that's
2: yeah, statistics. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers one, don't lie, you know?
1: One one pitch at a time, maybe we we lost the game and it got walked off on, but maybe our uh maybe we had a third inning where our center fielder wasn't paying attention because they weren't locked in at one pitch at a time and they got a bad jump on a ball that dropped in front of them, which they yeah. should have caught. Right. Like all of those things matter. So I talk to the kids a lot about being yeah. the most important thing right now is this pitch, right? Go win this pitch one at a time. So. Absolutely.
0: Well, well, Josh, um, what about whenever you are? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so we're in the batter's box, you're on that pad, you're ready to shoot. Now, what is the difference in your approach or what does it mean to hope to succeed? And then trusting to succeed. What's the difference and what does that look like in someone's mind?
2: That's such a key differentiator between people who are good and great, and then the people who are great and world champions. So there's a huge difference between in my world what I call it is shooting not to miss a target or Mm. shooting to break a target. And to kind of switch that into baseball terms is I, I know every single person listening and the two you included know exactly what i mean when yeah. i say what's the difference between swinging not to miss this pitch or swinging to knock this pitch out of the park yeah like two absolutely totally different different mentality. mentalities to that
0: and it's crazy like your body will just naturally do things differently and i think of i think one of the most common things i'm seeing i mean at least on my team is like we're kind of in this weird phase where some of our guys will get up on the mound and it's like they're just trying to throw strikes yes. And they're just trying to get up there and throw strikes, and their velocity drops off significantly. Where guys that are typically throwing like you know high, high to mid fifties, maybe like can touch a sixty, now they're throwing like forty five. Like it's a significant drop off, and that mental block just gets in the way. And now, and they're not even throwing strikes. Yeah, that's right. Where it's like, hey, like how are you? How do you practice? You practice at 100%, you're free, and you're throwing hard and you're throwing gas. Why would you yep. change that? Because you're just trying to throw a strike. You know, that's such a good thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you, I, I don't mean to interrupt Chris, but let me tell you the, the, re- the way you combat that, okay? And it's not a, a quick and easy fix, but it's a fix that every single person listening can work on. Yeah. So the, the, the mind is a funny thing, okay? Your brain is a funny thing with Lanny Basham's book and what caused me to gain 2% increase over eight months was my ability to mentally train myself to put myself in the position time after time and understand how to succeed. Okay. With that, it kind of goes off of, and I hate to piggyback off Jared again, but love you, man. (laughs) Um, but, But he did a great job of explaining, hey, I put myself in that position of 1-1, it's 1-1, I need to throw a changeup or it's 2-0 and I need to throw a fastball or whatever the situation is, he would physically go do that. And yes, that's an in- incredible way to learn how to put yourself in that position. But what if I told you there was a better way that you have have 100% success rate every single time you have that pitch? Because Jared's going to get into there and I'm not knocking Jared, but Jared's going to get into that um, situation in practice and he's going to accidentally not throw the spot. you're going to say, "Well, I need to work on that again." Well here's the way you, you train to where you never fail that right And this is how I increased so much so quickly was I would physically put my, physically put myself in that position, but I would mentally put myself in a state to where I, I could not miss. okay And it sounds crazy. but if you go home right now and you put yourself in your uniform, you put your glove and everything, get ready, minus the act of actually throwing the ball against the wall. if you visually close your eyes and you imagined, all right, here's, I'm on the mound. Here's the, the batter's on the right side and I got to do this and get ready. And I know the exact move I need to make in order to throw this change up. So you're going to take your wind up, typical routine, take your wind up and throw the pitch. And in your mind, you're going to throw it. I mean, an absolute dart right in the heart, exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then you're, your brain's going to go, what the heck did I just do? Yeah, I just threw the pitch I was supposed to throw, and I did it without even thinking.
0: That's so and true. then you're going
2: to throw it again, and you're going to throw it again, and you're going to throw it again, and you're going to get 15 pitches in of throwing the absolute gas dart that you're supposed to right in the absolute heart, and then your your hands are going to be shaken, and your mind is going to be jittering, and you're going to think, "What am I doing? I'm so far out of my comfort zone. I'm not supposed to throw 15 perfect pitches in a row, like it's it's crazy." Yeah, that's what separates um, the guys who are good from great and the guys who are great from world champions is that the world champions are able to put themselves in that position time after time after time.
1: Absolutely the, it's it, succeed. The, the the quote comes to mind I had to look it up as you were talking because the the imagining thing I mean we used mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, coach Johnson used to talk about it at A and M, but same this is from Skip Bertman, right? And this is a famous quote that Skip Bertman, uh probably the best college coach ever from LSU. Yeah. If you can vividly imagine, ardently desire Sincerely believe and enthusiastically act upon a goal; it absolutely must absolutely come to pass. So, hundred percent. You know that is exactly what you just said. In the yeah, yeah. that's
2: exactly right. That's such a good. So, so what separates the guys who are able to have consistent mental performance under pressure and on demand are those guys who have put themselves in that position. So, let me give you a quick story. So, uh, when I won my first world championship. I uh, was in what we call the stadium field. Okay, it's the the biggest um, stage in skeet shooting. Right, bleachers, lights under. You know, at night we're yes. shooting off, and I ended up winning. Well, in, in between we had a little break. In between, uh, before I ended up winning, and I'm over on the side. I got to play the nachos. I'm starving. <laughs> like I need to eat, and I I know I don't have time to go in and like make a fajita, but I need something to eat. So I'm sitting on the sidelines, waiting on my turn to go. I'm just chained on a plate of nachos. Well, four days later, another competitor comes up to me. And he was like, congratulations on winning your first world championship. It's so awesome. He said, man, I had to tell you, you looked out there, you looked so comfortable and cool. But I knew it was your first one. I know that you were shaking in your boots out there. I know you were nervous. I'm like, no, I wasn't. What are you talking about? He was like, well, I know, but like you were nervous. I was like, no, I wasn't nervous. I said, I've done it before. I may not have physically done it, yeah. but wow. I can't tell you, I'm already a 300 time world champion in my mind. I've won it so many times. And then guy's like, that's not true. Cause you need to fit. You never done it till you've done it and you physically have to mm. go. in. I was like, no, that's the reason why you'll never be right. one of the greats. It's always when, when you walk in, people go, ah, oh, you're here. But when I walk in the door and people know that I'm at the gun club, they think, God, dang it Josh is here I'm shooting for second place you know what I mean <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah dude that's so true man it is. like whenever you step into the box and you're like I'm about to just annihilate this baseball because I am better than this pitcher you're going to dominate you might not you might not succeed in that at bat but I guarantee you that if you step into that box and you're like oh man this is Alex Lang. He's, you know, he's the hype dude right now. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a draft pick. Oh, no. Yeah. Y- you're going to get absolutely dominated. Yeah. Like, you have to be, yeah. and you have to think, I'm, and this is something, you know, that I, I really admired about Andy Cannizzaro when he was coaching me um, in my first year at Mississippi State. He convinced all of us. We were the baddest dude yeah. in that batter's box. That's right. And, you know, we have guys like, you know, Brent Rooker was on that team. And it's like he, he, he was the baddest dude when he stepped into that box. And he was, you know, a triple crown winner. Um, and it's like that trickled down to our entire team. Every single one of us, we had no business making it to a Super Regional that year. We had eight pitchers that could physically throw it across the plate because of injuries. And it didn't matter because we got in the box and we were going to slug the heck out of the other team. And that's and it. that's how they, that's how we were successful
1: yeah. is because of having that approach, the mental, the yeah. mental game, the mental yeah. mindset. But then, you know, going to practice and practicing, like you're going to have, like you're, like you're in a game and putting yourself in that situation. But yeah. that's key. It's, it's, it's locked in. Yeah. It's locked in the bet. The most successful teams practice being in those situations 100% in their mind there's something,
2: the oh I'm sorry go ahead
1: no, no it's just in their minds and on the field so
2: yeah there's something to be said about the actual you know you can't always replicate game time right yeah. but you can get dang sure close and what's funny sure is that there've been studies that have proven that your brain when you vividly imagine it that way and I'm talking like right now I'm in the middle of training for the Texas State Ski Championships right and even this morning I'm going through, and when I imagine myself competing, I will put like my little pouch on, I'll put my glasses and my earplugs, I'll wear the same you know shirt and jeans, everything I'll do it the exact same as I'll do it if I'm going to a tournament, right? Yeah. my brain doesn't know any difference, because when I close my eyes and I, and I imagine the Houston Gun Club, it, my brain doesn't know any different, and then I'm going to go through and have 100 percent success rate, and then that way when it comes to real game time. My brain's just like, I've done this before. I know what to do and I know how to do it. So I'm not going to think twice about it, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, well, Josh, obviously, like, you know, we have these, these moments where, you know, we, I mean, obviously yourself, like you've seen a lot of success in Skeet, right? Um, But I, I know that you've also experienced times when things haven't been going well or things haven't been going the way that you want. So what, what do you do when things aren't going the way you want?
2: That's a great question and one that um, is not easy to answer because there's a lot of different pieces uh, that are moving at the same time. Um, The best way for me to describe it is if you don't like the outcome, you need to change the process. Mm. And what I mean by that is it sounds super simple of just like, oh yeah, just do something different. Uh, but what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over <laughs> and over and expecting a different result. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So in order to change your outcome, you need to change your process.
0: Is that a Delbert Kelm uh, quote? <laughs> <I'm just
2: kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I hope it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man. Anyways, keep going.
2: <laughs> so yeah. So uh, like I said earlier, there there came a time where I wanted it worse than anybody else. Um, the first time uh, that i ever shot a perfect score was at the junior world championships and it's similar to the junior olympics that's the closest i can uh, equate it yeah every year there's a world championships and then there's a junior world championships so uh in 2013 i went to the junior world championships and i was the first competitor to ever break a perfect 500 out of 500 which is hard to put in context but Without sounding like I'm bragging, it's a very big deal. It's very difficult to do to be 500 consecutive targets without missing.
0: It would be like breaking the home run record in ski. That's the equivalent. Yeah.
2: Just to put Good. it in perspective. Thank you. Yeah. There we go. Appreciate that. Yep. So with that, <laughs> I I was so tired of uh, I was so tired of missing. I was so tired of being runner up. I was so I was so sick of it um that i eventually just wanted it worse than anybody else that i wanted to put my foot on everybody's throat and make them know hey i'm here and you need to pay attention to me and that can come out in a lot of ways some for some guys it's you know i'm i'm tired of playing right field or some guys i'm tired of being injured right there eventually comes a point where you're just tired of it and what it was wow. for me is i can remember sitting in the the gun room with my dad and him him sitting me down and we didn't have a a fight or an argument but it was like, a, you got to figure out what you want. And I straight up told him, I want to be a machine. Mm. Like, I want to be a cold, heartless, emotionless machine. And I, <laughs> I did. And then fast forward, and I get married, and my wife is like, you might be a cold, heartless, emotionless machine on the field. When you come off the field, you got to be Just a puddle sister. of mush. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: can, I can confirm he was definitely not a cold-hearted machine growing up. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, but, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you watch that um, Facing Nolan documentary they talk about mm-hmm. Nolan Ryan's. you know the nicest one of the nicest down-to-earth texans you know yeah yep. legendary but they all they actually say in that documentary when he stepped across the white lines or stepped into oh, the different into the person stadium, completely different person yeah and that's how you have it's to suspicious.
0: be it's that dog mentality yeah. man you gotta, you gotta get, be you gotta be a dog
1: and, and, by, and by the way josh hunter said there's nothing wrong with playing right field yeah, dude. Hey,
0: yeah, I played right field. <laughs> let's let's take it easy right there. I, I loved playing right field. Get to absolutely shoot some people down from third base.
1: First to third, baby. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Try it. So to continue with that, yes, there's a ton of technical pieces that you can have with pitching and hitting and running and you name it. It's all very technical. Yeah. But I'm going to piggyback off of Jared again. He said something really great of you can't have that 15 checklist item of, okay, if I, if I have my hips locked and I do my arm and I come around and I turn and I do this and this and this and this, then I'll throw a good pitch or then I'll make a good swing. No, it, it can't be that difficult because your brain can't physically focus on that many things at a time. You're, you're, the brain is split up into three parts, in my opinion. You have the conscious brain. Which can focus on one thing at a time, okay, which you're consciously thinking right now. Yep. Then your subconscious brain, which does all the automatic pieces that you're used to, right? Walking, breathing, sitting, typing, you name it, right? Then you've got a third piece that most people, I don't think, know about that I call the self image. That's also in Lanny Basham's book. Uh, and the self image is your habits and your attitudes. And your self image is always tied to your performance. And so if your self image says, it's the old, the old saying of if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. So that's your self image.
1: Wow, yeah.
2: With that, um, when I really started to increase is when I really started to change my self image and how yeah. I talked to myself and what I rewarded with myself and what I you know, discouraged, right? And so again, if you don't like the outcome, change the process. And so I changed the process of being able to tell myself when I made a good shot, Awesome. Great job. That's exactly how you're supposed to do that. You executed perfectly. You did everything you're supposed to do. You got the outcome that you wanted. And when I didn't, I didn't beat myself up and throw my hat on the ground and walk to the house. There there was a time that I went out to practice with my dad and I went to shoot the very first target and I missed. And I instantly took my shell and I threw it on the ground. And he said, uh-uh, get in the truck, we're going home. And we, right then we went home because he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to have it. Yeah. It's not, I'm not doing this. Because my time and my money, I'm the one paying for this. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to have you come out here and waste an entire day of practice.
0: Yeah, that's big. I mean, I think, you know, I I had very similar conversations with my dad whenever I'm practicing. It's like, you know, you're getting to the heat of the moment. Like, you're hitting, you hit three bad balls in a row in the cage. You're just like, you know, I remember having a very vivid conversation with my dad. And he's just like do you even want to do this? Yeah. Like, or oh, do you yeah. even want to be Literally. here? And it's yeah. like, I'm like, of course I want to be here, but this really makes me mad that yeah. I can't do this. And he's like, well, if you can't get over that, then you shouldn't be here. You need to go figure it out and you need to take some time, take a breather, reset, get back in the box and be like, try to get better. Like you have to move on from failure. Right. You can't allow that failure to dictate the next play or the next pitch or in your case, the next target,
2: the next target. That's right. You can't, and, uh,
0: you can't allow that to, to hinder your performance.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, yeah, I do the same thing with, with my son now. Right? Yeah. It, it probably have. We have like maybe two blow up conversations Dude, once a year. Right? It's, it has to happen yeah, though. It has, right. to. it has to, has to, and I think what I think is, you know, we talk about the funnel like and youth sports, regardless of what sports you're playing and it starts really big. And it, as you, older that you get, the, the less and less people are playing. I think a lot of it has to do with some of them figure out that mentality and some of them don't. Yeah. Like, you okay. know, I, I, you know, growing, growing up, like you, if I went three for four in a game, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy that I went three for four, but I'm kind of irritated that I didn't go for get it. the four. Yeah, that's right. And right. Not, not everyone has a mentality or and not. Everyone's taught the mentality. So they need to, you know, the ones that continue to play longer. Yeah. Are, have it. Well, I mean,
0: Josh, going into our, our last inning here. um, So we talked about more along the lines of like what are how to make practice game like and and how to make mm-hmm. how to stay intense and and try to, you know, have that that mindset where you know i i am having that confidence that when i step in the box i it's me versus him i'm going to win um but as you progress through a season like how does your how do you change your your thoughts your goals the way you practice how do you change that or do you change it between early mid to late season
2: yeah there's definitely a um difference between your early season practices and tournaments versus your mid season versus your late season. Yeah. Uh, In the early season, I'm really focused on, uh, because typically, so so a skeet year follows the calendar year. It goes January 1 to December 31. Okay. But the bulk of our season is similar to baseball of the summer and the fall. Okay. So, May to October is when I'm really hitting it hard. Okay. And I'll do, I'll do 10 tournaments in those five months or whatever that is. Okay. I'll really hit it hard from those timelines. With that, I typically take November, December, January off, sometimes part of February. But when I hit the middle of February, 1st of March, I'm on the field and physically, I'm, I'm just pounding through targets, right? I, I want to feel the recoil again. Uh, I want to feel the gun weight swinging through my hand. I want to I wanna smell the smoke. You know, I, I want to be out there. I want to be in the rain. I want to be, I want to be doing it. Yeah. When I get to that middle season, uh, I transition from less of the station work of, hey, I need to work fundamentally on, what am I doing with this target? What am I doing with this target? What am I doing with this shot? How am, I, how am I physically, am I rotating? Am I turning, am I this? When I get to the middle of the season, it turns more into, okay, let's take all that work we've done in the early season and transition it into, let's start putting rounds of a hundred together. From there, I'll spend a lot more time trying to develop a game plan on, hey, I need to go out and shoot 200 targets this weekend of try to mimic uh, a tournament or a match as closely as i can Uh, and then the next weekend i'll spend time just working on uh, tiebreakers and trying to work through that once i get into the end season the late season uh, then i really transition to how do i win a world championship and from there i really pound hard on the mental side of i need to go through and i need to shoot a couple hundred mental targets every week leading up to the world championships, because at that point in the season, physically I'm sharp, right? I'm as fine tuned of a razor's edge as I can get in the late season, leading into the world championships. But what I need to be able to do is be able to step up toe to toe against the best of the world and know without a shadow of a doubt, they're shooting for second place. Mm. And so that's how I transition it through the year of early year is really, Hey, we need to pound out fundamentals. We need to work on getting out there and, and throwing and hitting and, Any of that stuff in the mid-season is how do we put it together and put a game together, right? Let's work on games and full games, part of games, whatever it is, piece at a time. And then late season, you trust everything physically you've done for the year. And now we're working on what do we got to do to where when the other team steps off the bus, they're thinking, all right, let's just hope that we don't get skunked, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that's very similar to kind of how I would approach the baseball season too. I mean, I mean, if you look at like an MLB schedule, it's like they've got spring training, and and Jared talked about his mentality in spring training is he doesn't care that he fails. Yeah, he's just getting his mind right. He's getting his like preparation. That's right. So that whenever it's this, it comes season, it's go time. Yeah. And then you know, I think back to whenever we were like whenever I was mid season, it's like what are those minor, cause you can't make a giant swing change in the middle of the season. That's right. It's like, what are those minor things that I can tweak to improve myself throughout the season? Um, and then what is like the mental preparation that I can have to make sure that i'm as prepared as i can for my next at bat Mm -hmm. which would look like you know watching a lot of video on the pitcher that i'm going to be facing the next day or knowing the repertoire that they've got in their toolbox of like pitches that they've got where they throw what if they throw in counts um what my you know what i have been trending in like from a statistic standpoint where do i hit best do i hit best early in the count do i hit best how's my two strike account Um, average like what are those things I need to evaluate on like a you know four week scale like what that looks like Mm -hmm. so that I know what is best for me right because my the way that I go into the box the way that I approach the game is going to be maybe a little bit different than someone else right every single person doesn't have this cookie cutter approach to things. But, but at the same time, you have to have that evaluation piece in mid season. You can't just keep going. Like like what we talked about last uh, episode, the bang in the keys. Yeah. You can't just bang the keys. You have to have that mental approach where you're going into the game and, and actually having a purpose with your practice and your plan. Um, And then obviously going into the late season, um, I think of our team that went to Omaha, right? Like, that team did not like. If you looked at us at the beginning of the season, we went like I don't know, like five and 11. We had a losing record. We were a terrible team. Yeah. Um, our coach got canned the beginning of the season. We had a different head coach, you know, halfway through. It's like we're trying to figure out our, our identity. But towards the end of the season, we get to the SEC tournament and it's like catch fire, just totally catch fire. Our bats get hot, our pitchers get hot. You know we are dominating operating at a high level, um and at the same time, like our practices it was almost like they were less intense, but it was more it was easier going. We had like freedom like yep. we knew mentally going into our practice what our goal was, what our job was, and every single one of us trusted that we were operating at the best possible potential that we could operate at, and we just went and we rode with it, and like during the games, it showed up. Yeah, because we didn't care. We've already been at rock bottom. So now we can do nothing but go up. Yeah. And it's like, how do we target that mentality at the end of the season to where it's like, hey, I do not care about failing. And this is kind of what I talk to my kids about whenever we get to like the championship on a Sunday or whatever. It's like, you know, if we're losing, we take an early deficit in the first inning. It's like, hey, guys, if I would have told you going into Saturday that, we were going to be in the championship on Sunday, but we were, we're going to be down four runs. How many of you guys, I want you to raise your hand. How many of you guys would take that Mm -hmm. on Saturday? All of Every single one of them raises their hand because they're in the championship. They have an opportunity to compete and they can go win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think just taking, taking down and breaking down the, the, the season and knowing exactly what your process is going to be is fantastic. Yeah. I think, what we uh, some some of we got to do better at with the youth too is like bullpens. You throw in a bullpen, you're getting pregame ready. You're 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 hitting. You're getting pregame ready. There should be a route. Everyone should know their routine, just the way Josh just described. Yeah, within within going into each game too. Absolutely, because that matters, right? You need to have goals and outcomes. Getting ready, leading up to a game as well individually. Yeah. So,
2: well, Josh, let um, me challenge. Oh, go ahead. can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. So, let me challenge uh what you just said there, Chris, and I love what you said, and i'm gonna challenge it with uh the individual goal setting for each kid and so when i and it's when I approach a station and when I approach a tournament, obviously my my end result is I want to win mm, right yeah um love the phrase of it's not about winning, except I hate being second place yeah <laughs> um but with that the goal is to win but i can't control that outcome mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. And so i'm going to challenge you by saying what piece of the process can you control that you, would give you the outcome that you want so for example when shooting a shotgun um obviously if it's mounted correctly in your shoulder and in your face the gun is going to shoot where you look right mm-hmm. if it fits you correctly and you're, it's it's a setup for you yeah. if the gun shoots where you look and you're looking at the target answer me this what's the end result going to be if the gun shoots where you look and you're looking at the target what's the end result going to be
1: you're hitting the target that's
2: it so the challenge is and this is what separates great baseball players from champion baseball players they're able to understand hey if the bat swings where i look or if the if the ball's thrown where i look and I'm looking at my target, where's the ball going to go? And they know exactly where they're going to put it. Yeah. So mm. for me, I'm not focused on the end result. I'm not focused on, I want to a target. I'm focused on what do I got to do in order to give myself the best chance at success? Yeah. And yeah. for me, my mentality is in my, my thought process. And I will literally do this for every single target, 500 targets in a row, 10,000 targets in a row. I will tell myself, man, head down, eye on the target.
1: Yeah. Because That's with that, day. I
2: know. I know if I can keep my head down and if I keep my eye on the target, everything else is going to take care of itself. And I'm yeah. going to have the end result that I
1: want. Yeah. It's just, go, it goes back to that the one pitch at a time. So as a pitcher, your, your end result necessarily is don't, it's not, don't give up a hit. It's I need to hit my spot and throw the ball where That's I want right. it every single time. Yeah. And sometimes know that you're going to be facing Hunter and he's just a beast up there, and he's gonna drop a drop a, a nuke on you, you even though you hit your, even though you hit your spot, right? So yeah, um, that's it,
2: and that's the that's the reality of the game. You know, there I had I tell kids that I coach them, I tell adults when I coach them, I tell myself sometimes you execute everything exactly the way you're supposed to, and you just miss, and that's because we're human, and that's yeah. the nature of the game game you just miss
0: yeah you could be playing uh texas southern on a tuesday night and hit an absolute nuke and it gets robbed and it'd be on sports center for the rest of the season (laughs) (laughs) speaking from experience um well josh let's walk it off here man um what 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 would you have to uh i guess just encouragement advice anything that you want to share with our listeners
2: uh it would go for both parents and the kids listening uh love the process because before you can get the outcome that you want, you've got to love the process. I You'll never that. get the end result that you want until you love the process. I'm yeah. sure you've got guys who are one-hit wonders that figured out how to make it work once. Yeah. But the people who are great and do it consistently over time, over months, over years, over decades, are not the guys who show up thinking, all right, this is what I have to do today. They're the guys that you can't pry the gun out of their hand. They're the guys that you, you they're going to be buried with a bat in their hand, right? Yep. The guys that you can't take it away from them. So love the process. Um, And if you love the process, the outcome will always be better than you
1: expect. Yeah. Great advice, man. Dude, that's awesome. That is awesome.
0: Well, Josh, thanks again for joining us, man. I really appreciate you taking your time out of this Saturday to chat with us. Um, Well, um, again, thank you all for listening as well. Um, Again, I'm your host, Hunter Vance, alongside the there you go chris carcella um and uh go ahead and like and subscribe and and um obviously leave us any comments if you if you uh enjoyed our content appreciate
1: it